While Peter is speaking to the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin speaking in tongues and praising God. His response is to have them baptized. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invented him, invited him to stay for several days. Here at the Spirit is saying to God's people. We will please stand as we sing together Psalm 98. be seated. We are able to show our love for the Lord by keeping his commandments. Those who believe that Jesus is the Christ are counted as offspring of God. A reading from the first letter of John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey God's commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. 
and the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name." I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Who's for having the rest of the service outside? (laughs) We will go out after the service and bless the garden. I'm saying that because somewhere between 8 o'clock service and now I mislaid the notes for my sermon, so I'm I'm winging it. Um, I recall in divinity school, um, the person who ended up teaching me, um, submerging me, as my bishop said, in the Anglican ethos, because I went to a non-denominational seminary, this person was, of all things, a convert from the Greek Orthodox Church and spoke Greek um, as a native language. And so his instruction um, of me consisted of having me show up every Friday morning and reading the lessons for this, the coming Sunday in Greek, and then saying to me, so now how would you pray a Eucharist on the basis of those prayers? We were reading this passage from John's Gospel, and I got stumped. It says, no one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. What it says in the Greek is, no one has greater love than this, than to place one's soul over one's friends. How you get lay down your life from that, I don't know. So the fellow who um, taught Greek, who was the head of the Greek department, was there in the refectory, and we called him over and said, Julian, what does this mean? He said, well, it comes from Greek military poetry, and it's what one comrade did to another when he handed him his sword. He entrusted his life to his friend. That's a completely different reading than lay down one's life for one's friend. Lay down one's life sort of implies dying, Handing you my sword implies that I trust you with my life. You've got my back. Um, So that's what that means, to entrust one's life to one's friends. Jesus says, that's the sum of my commandment to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater life than this, than to entrust one's life to one's friend. It's a pretty astonishing thing to think that God has entrusted us with the divine life. It's one thing to think that Jesus died for my sins and all of that kind of thing. Another thing to think that God has entrusted us with the divine life. And why? So that our joy may be complete. 
and then we are to entrust each other with our lives in the same way. The passage from the first letter of John says that what is it that conquers the world but our faith that Jesus is the Christ? Um, The Christ who entrusts his life to his friends is not the kind of Messiah that we tend to think of. It's not the kind of victory that we tend to think of. Victory over the world, you know, go out and conquer the world. Use that sword um, to conquer the world. But to hand it off to one's friends, God does that, and that's what conquers the world. Gives the divine life to us on behalf of the world. I love this um, sequence of readings that we've had from Acts. Philip starts out by preaching to the Samaritans, oh, those horrible Samaritans, and then to a eunuch, and now Peter preaching to a group of Gentiles, to the household of Cornelius. He's been up in the room in Joppa, asleep on the roof. Um, The sheet comes down from heaven with all manner of unclean animals. Um, God says to him in the dream, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, never, nothing unclean has passed my lips. The sheet goes back up into heaven. It comes down a second time. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. A third time, no, nothing has ever come um, unclean has crossed my lips. And then the voice of God says, do not name as unclean what God has declared as clean. And as soon as the dream is over, there's a knock at the front door. It's the messenger from the house of Cornelius who says, Cornelius, my master knows that Peter is here and wants Peter to come and preach. Peter goes to Cornelius the centurion, a Gentile of Gentiles, begins to preach, and the spirit falls on that household. And just like Philip said to the, to the eunuch, what's to prevent you from being baptized? Peter says about Cornelius' household, what's to prevent us from baptizing them in water since they've already received the spirit? Every time we draw a line where we think God is inside the line, God steps across it and says, look for me over here. God has entrusted the divine life to us, and if we think we're going to draw a line and keep that divine life here, we've made a mistake. It's for the life of the world. Where is the divine life to be found? Somewhere across the line that we have drawn. No greater love has anyone than this, to entrust one's life to one's friends. God has entrusted God's life to us. We're supposed to entrust our life to each other, and to the world, so that everyone can know that divine life. Amen.